This may not be what the creators intended, but like, it can't be an accident that this is in there. Look, I remember it fondly because it had dinosaurs, <laughs> but I remember it unfondly for every other reason. The Black Donnelly's is pure gold, and you guys are wrong. Joey Ice Cream uh, for president. I'm just saying that Selfie belongs in the Criterion Collection. Is it working? Uh, <laughs> no, never, never has anything worked for me in my life, Ronnie. <laughs> Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I had to marinate for three days, and I'm Evan. I'm an excessive use of the word jizz, and I'm Ronnie. Those are really good ones, boys. Thanks. Those, those Thanks. rocked. Uh, if you can tell by those introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season. We are currently covering Netflix's crashing uh but before we get into that i have a bit for us i'm excited for the bit can't wait for the bit what's this bit um i'm trying to like think of the words uh without sounding too sad uh Hmm. things are things are kind of bad in the world uh like the i mean always but especially in like I don't know, 2020 and 2021, things are kind of rough out there. And I just thought we could talk about what 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 we do when we're feeling a little overwhelmed. Maybe it's a bad news day. Maybe some personal life stuff isn't going great. What do you guys, uh, how do you guys manage that? I thought that would be uh, maybe not fun, but, you know, probably our listeners listen to us once every three or four weeks or some shit like that, <laughs> you know? So, like... You know, they spend a lot of time with us. Maybe we could give them some advice uh, when they're feeling blue. Um, My advice is bad because on days where I feel bad and days where the world is bad, I doom scroll through Twitter. Hey, that's what um, I do. No, Fuck yeah. Bad. bad. It's real bad. Love um, that for you, Roddy. Love that I, for I us. Would like, I would like to say I'm looking through for like, surely there's a glimmer of hope in here someplace. But like, I'm I'm looking I'm looking for news. I'm looking for the bad stuff. I don't know what you're, is wrong you, with you're my You're feeling brain. sad and you just want like a reason to feel sad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's probably. And also mm-hmm. like a community of other people who are like, "Wow, this sucks a lot." Mm-hmm. Um cuz that's that is my whole that's been the pandemic blues is being all isolated. And so like I go on the Twitters cuz it's like, "Aha, I feel uh in community with with everyone else on this hellish uh, black hole of a website. Um, So don't, don't do that. Um, I've been playing video games. I've been playing kingdom hearts (laughs) three, but I also cannot recommend that. (laughs) It's a very bad video game. Uh, Someone else go. Cause this has been, this has been terrible advice by Ronnie. Kingdom Hearts seems like a bad series. I've never played it. I had friends who were super into it. The first one is is good. The second one's real good for me. I mean, I was I was young and nostalgic for it all. And then they have like the periphery games that are like, ah, I guess. Uh, But Kingdom Hearts three is just like as far as as much as I've played is just like poorly designed on top of just being like a slog of a story to get through. But. I remember seeing some tweet that was like a quote from someone that that was like, just because something is complicated doesn't mean that it's good. And then yeah. someone reacted with a, an image, like a promo image of Kingdom Hearts. And that that was the retweet that had all the notes on, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I don't I played a portion of like the first Kingdom Hearts game and then I fell off that train immediately. So I have. I really have nothing to say about Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. They just announced that it's going to be available on the Switch, which is like my primary console. And you know Chipoy is going to buy it three more times on the Switch. Um, I, I hate this. Here's my money. I hate this. I hate this. Disney and Square Enix, take my dollars. Thanks. I hate it. <laughs> um, My advice is not, like, great either, frankly, because... um. <laughs> 
Like I, I have a lot of privilege in my life in that I'm like financially secure, but, um, I had a rough week at work last week and I'm kind of having a rough week at work again this week. But this past weekend, I treated myself to a surprise massage. That was a great choice. Can I just say like, I, I fully recognize that, um, having the $80 to blow on a massage is not a position that a lot of people are in. So, uh, this is what I mean by this is perhaps not good advice, but if you can't afford to do something good and soothing for yourself and you are not allowing yourself to do that for, uh, you know, some kind of austerity reason or because you've convinced yourself that you don't deserve it, uh, you do, and you should do that. You should, you should treat yourself to something nice. I guess if you want to apply this advice in general, you should treat yourself to something. To, to make yourself feel better and it's okay if that's a financial purchase you can buy yourself mm-hmm. a bath bomb or you can buy yourself a, a bubble tea just do it just spend a little bit whatever whatever is uh okay for you in your situation buy something that's just for you that you can consume uh that you know is one-time use only and and really enjoy it wait for a bones day Wait for a Bones Day so you you know you have a a reason to point to of like oh it's a Bones Day gotta treat myself yeah buy yourself an entire pizza and eat it yeah so that yeah, might make you feel pizza. bad afterward but, but that's yeah. a different type of bad that is a different type of bad that is a, <laughs> that is a bad that you can point to and say this is bad and I understand why yes this has nothing to do with my Q-Anon. bad feelings into uh, <laughs> comprehensible bad feelings. Um, I don't think I have a thing. I used to have a thing. Like, when I felt really bad and I felt really stressed, I would, like, read my Bible and I would pray. And that worked amazing. That, that, that like, really worked for me. And now I don't believe in anything. And uh, one that also kind of stresses me out a little bit existentially when I let myself think about it. And then two, I don't like hat. Like that was like my main coping mechanism and it doesn't exist anymore. I think for a little bit of time I drank and that worked pretty well. Uh, but then I also was not having the healthiest relationship with alcohol. I don't think I was an alcoholic, but Probably like long term solution was not going to work out. So I stopped drinking when I was sad, uh, which I recommend doing. If you drink when you're sad, don't don't do that. But like, I don't think I have like a thing anymore. So now I just feel sad. Or stressed. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's good if there's I don't think I got anything. Doom scroll Twitter. <laughs> it's if if I may. This is something I've talked about with I don't I don't I think I realized this like post my last therapist and pre my new therapist. But like there is a level of like beyond even the privilege of like having the money to go get a massage. There is like a level of self-care where like I'm going to start a thing. I'm going to garden. I'm going to bullet journal that just like creates more obligation to do things that'll maybe make you feel good and then i just get stressed out about all the things that i'm supposed to do to make myself feel good that spoilers don't ever end up making me feel all that good um it's hard it's hard when you feel bad and it's hard even to like try and feel good so i guess this whole thing is like we're relatable if nothing else and you're doing great whatever you're doing if you feel like you're not doing that great you're doing fine keep it up i do i do i i guess i have a thing where i will pour myself a responsible amount of whiskey and this is just because i like whiskey not because i feel bad and want to get drunk Mm -hmm. and i'll sit on my porch Mm -hmm. and i will like take in the bliss as best as I can of the small little world Evan and I have built for ourselves, this little kingdom that is ours and that the rest of the world can't touch. So like I will purposely also not look at my phone when I'm doing this (laughs) 
because the internet and the world is terrible, but this little slice of Maryland, this little tiny slice is good. Um, but like, I really got to like be in the zone to achieve that Zen. Like that is, that is not always achievable when I am sad, but when I can achieve it, I do that. It's those moments, you know, I would, I would say like spending time with Lila, with my daughter, but it is for moments that that is like, I love, I mean, I love all of that time, but it is moments where that is peaceful and like a departure from the world before it's like, Oh no, you've wet yourself. Let's let, this is a, this is a chaotic, uh, real, real intense moment that I have to really get on my heels about right now. So just, I guess, yeah, those, those moments. Take stock good- of the, uh, of the, 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 the good things that the bad can't touch might not necessarily make you feel better, but it's good to remember that they're there. Mm-hmm. Y'all have a very good porch. Y'all have a very good mm-hmm. whiskey sipping, looking out at the at the wilderness porch. It was a highlight of my year, Ronnie, that we got to sit on the my porch together and drink whiskey, just the two of us. It was, that was it was, that was very huge. nice, very yeah. enjoyable. Love that. Let's talk Speaking about crashing. Of things we yeah, love. <laughs> we should talk about this show. Um, what? Uh, what is what's this show, Evan? We watched episodes three and four of Crashing. Uh, what a cliffhanger. I just got to say that right away. Boy. Yeah, end of episode four was a, a ride. So, um, oh, I haven't been mentioning the episode titles because these episodes don't have titles, and I appreciate that from uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Thanks for not trying too hard on the episode titles. They're just it, called episode one, episode two, episode three, episode four. You know, like you do. I think it's pronounced Phoebe. Okay. Um, uh, episode three takes place pretty much entirely over uh, dinner. Anthony uh, organizes a curry night and uh, everybody is weird at it. Um, so the whole the whole hospital crew, everybody who's living in the hospital is there. And also Colin, uh, Melody's muse. She refers to him as her muse, so that's the term I'm going to use. And um, Fred's boyfriend comes over. Uh, Lulu does this weird thing because she's a quirky, uh, manic pixie dream girl type character, but like messier and weirder than that. Uh, She insists that they play a game where she plays a song and they have to make up like she plays a song on her ukulele and they have to make up a song on the fly to go with the ukulele, but it has to be like a truth. They have to say something that is true. Uh, so she insists that, uh, um, Kate do her song about orgasms and this spins off a a whole subplot conversation about Kate having never had an orgasm with Anthony to whom she is engaged. Um, and this is a point of contention between Anthony and Lulu because, uh, Kate is convinced that Anthony has told Lulu about this Kate, not having an orgasm thing because Lulu decided to force her to sing the song about orgasms. Um, turns out that, Anthony did tell Lulu and it's just lying to get anyway. Everybody's lying to each other all the time. Like everybody knows everything about everybody and they're always just pretending to not know things about each other and everybody's just lying to each other. Um, Fred, uh, oh, I mentioned Fred's boyfriend comes over for the curry dinner and Sam is like weirdly jealous even though I, I don't think Sam is gay. I don't actually know. He's only ever expressed interest in women, but he's become really attached to Fred because Sam's in this weirdly... Sam, by the way, is the, the jock character, the kind of asshole jock character whose father recently died. Uh, and he's gotten very attached to Fred. And so Sam is being very weird around Fred's boyfriend who is over. Melody talks about her relationship with Colin. Apparently they're not banging, 
and uh, Melody is just using Colin's emotional turmoil to fuel her art, but like in kind of a supportive way. And uh, her talking about Colin in a very sort of uh, insightful way uh, sort of forces Kate to confront her feelings about Antony. Uh, and then later, Kate and Antony have sex, and Antony cries, and um, Antony crying, you know, causes Kate to have an orgasm for the first time in their relationship, apparently, which is, okay, sure, that's fine. Uh, episode four, Lulu has to come up with money to pay the deposit to live in the hospital, because she has been living there, but she never actually applied for, like, guardianship status. I think I explained before that the people living in this hospital are living in it basically to prevent it from falling into disrepair. Uh, and it's not like actually a place where people are supposed to live, but they're being paid by an agency to live there for very cheap. So she has to like do some paperwork and pay a deposit to actually li live there, which she hasn't done. Lulu, who does not have any money and presumably has only been working as a receptionist at, um, Kate's company for like a few days at this point goes to her weird Aunt Gladys to ask for money. Aunt Gladys is really weird and makes a lot of like sort of weird sexual comments about uh, Lulu and Antony, and they kind of have to like appease her to get her to give Lulu some money so she can pay her deposit. Kate goes to hang out with Melody because Melody wants to paint her. And Kate assumes this is going to be, like, she's posing for a painting that Melody is doing, but in fact, Melody paints, she does, like, body paint all over Kate's body, and Kate gets real, like, into it, and, like, feels liberated by it, and uh, it becomes, like, a, a weird sexually liberating paint fight thing. Fred and his boyfriend are hanging out at a, I, I, I'm inferring from context that Sam is like a real estate agent or something. And there's this like house that is vacant that Sam hooks them up to like hang out in for a couple of days. And, uh, Fred's boyfriend is real uncomfortable with the way Sam treats Fred, which is very understandable because Sam is constantly saying like rude, mean demeaning things to Fred, but in like a playful tone and is just generally acting weird and jealous about Fred and his boyfriend's relationship, even though Sam is presumably straight. So, uh, Fred's boyfriend confronts Sam about it a couple of different times, both like when they're alone, uh, at the house and when they're alone in the bathroom together. And I mentioned the paint fight earlier. Everybody in the house gets involved in the paint fight. Fred's boyfriend is over, and uh, Lulu and Antony are there, and uh, like it's the whole whole fun liberating paint fight thing. Uh, and afterwards, Antony and Kate are lying in bed together, and Kate's pretty drunk, and she admits to Antony that she doesn't actually love him, and then immediately falls asleep, and that's the cliffhanger we are left on. That's the cliffhanger. Yeah. It's, uh, it's something. Sure is something. Uh, we watched two episodes of Netflix and Phoebe Whaler Brigade's uh, crashing. You had Andy to work and really Will. hard to, to mispronounce yeah. all of that. Brigade? Uh, Andy, you know I gotta ask it. These episodes, did they work for you? They did. These were two really good episodes. All right. Hey, Evan. Hey, Ronnie. These two episodes of Crashing, did they work for you? Yeah, they did. I got I got some some laugh out loud moments and uh like I thought they were I thought they were really weird. I thought they were delightfully weird. There were some things that made me like mildly uncomfortable, but generally speaking, I thought they were funny and interesting. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Hey, Ronnie. 
Hey, yeah. Are we doing the thing? Mm -hmm. Did. These. Two. Farts. <laughs> on. Your? Television. Screen? Work. Sexually. Or? Your. Soul? <laughs> Mm. Did these two farts on your television screen work sexually for your soul, Ronnie? <laughs> That's a far deeper question than I was prepared to answer. Um, I will say that I will agree with you. I felt like these were two farts on my television screen. These oh. episodes did not work for me. How the turns have tabled, Ronnie. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Look what has happened. Yeah, I, I very much disliked these episodes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Fuck. Cancel the show. Too much disagreement. Uh oh, no more ending pending. This is the end. Goodbye, everyone. Let's talk about what worked for us about these two episodes of Crashing. Uh, the level of weirdness amongst these people, the level of like weirdness in their human relationships, I feel like is a lot more uh, like relatable than other sort of like friend sitcoms, you know? So I just like, like I said, there were some bits that I'm like, I, I'm not like, I can't quite relate to that. But like, these do feel like real people who in some cases are like kind of shitty people, but like, they they feel real. They feel like real human beings. It feels like all of these behaviors exhibited in this show are things that uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge has observed in her real life relationships. And I appreciate that. I have three really big things that worked for me. And I want to just like rapid fire, get them out of the way. One, I like the new boyfriend character. And I like that he called Sam mm -hmm. on his shit. Mm -hmm. Sam mm -hmm. needed to get called on his shit. And he called Sam on his shit. And while new boyfriend character has some issues... Like, everything he said to Sam was, like, well said and correct. Yeah, very spot-on assessment of, of like, the this, situation. Weird, this mm -hmm. weird relationship that Sam has with Fred yeah. and why it's not healthy. Uh, you should never confront anyone at a urinal, but otherwise, good <laughs> shit. Uh, two, I think I was pretty vocal last episode that I hated the, like, Kate-Anthony relationship. And, uh, like how unhealthy they were and how much they were lying to each other. And like things got worse in that it's really weird to be in a sexual relationship with someone who is not meeting your sexual needs. And to think that you two are going to be fine in marriage is bonkers, but this ended with them. Probably it feels like breaking up. Mm -hmm. And I love that the show is doing that. I never would have thought that this show would break those characters up. So that's awesome. Um, and then three is uh, everyone has been to a friend like dinner party thing where the vibes are off mm -hmm. and lots of shows try to do that. And it's it's too uncomfortable. This was like the perfect right amount of uncomfortable. And I felt like the fact that there were a couple characters like Fred and boyfriend and uh, Sam all seemed to just kind of think it was really funny. And that is also very, I think, relatable and spot on. Like, if you are not in the drama and the drama is happening, you have one of two reactions, which is like horror or a mix of horror, but also this is really funny because people are being dumb. And uh, I thought this show like captured that really well. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, I find Fred extremely relatable. He, he just, like, wants to be liked, and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, he's, he's like, just rolling with it. He, he is happy that uh, Sam is paying attention to him, even though uh, he and Sam have kind of, like, not the most functional relationship, and Sam is actually, like, kind of mean to him and doesn't, like, really treat him the way a friend should. Um, and, 
yeah, he's just like trying to coast through these situations uh, and not really knowing how to respond to them. And uh, I just relate to that big time. I continue to yeah. love Melody. Yeah, Melody is the best character on this show for sure. Melody is definitely my highlight as well. Like, I have been very, like, meh on Kate, and I continue to be very meh on Kate. Don't but like the Kate. scene, the scene with Kate and Melody, where, like, they're painting each other and, like, throwing their clothes out the window, like, it, like, livened it up for me in a, in a really uh, interesting way and gave more, um, more depth to that character. Like Melody is like the gift of like giving depth to these characters when like the rest of the show has kind of uh, made them kind of one note. Um, and so that I liked that whole scene uh, before it culminates in the, in the paint fight. Cards on the table. The weird thing that Sam did with the vodka at the end of the episode where he like poured two shots, did one and then kind of like sexually like, like, like spat it into Lulu's mouth while like sticking his tongue down her throat. And then like, I guess slurped it back up. I don't fucking know. I thought it was really hot and sexy. It was gross. Mm. I thought it was really gross. And I'm a little grossed out at myself for being turned on by it, but but they're both kind of like gross garbage people, yeah. and and like these two gross garbage people who are also just like objectively extremely attractive people doing a kind of like weird gross makeout thing. It titillated me. I, I my my titillateds were 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 tickled. Uh, it, it, it hit, uh, it hit a chord with me deep in my soul. I want to read like a fanfic where Kylo Ren does that to General Hux. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's gross, as a it's... gross vodka spit make out sex sesh. As Melody said, everyone has their weird sex thing. I think mm. it was Melody who said that, but, uh, yeah. Apparently that's your weird sex thing. I don't I don't think so. I don't want it to be done to me. I just want to watch two garbage attractive people do it, I guess. Maybe that's my weird this specific is a weird, weird tangent sex thing. I don't know. Yeah, look, look, Ronnie, Ronnie can cut all this out if Ronnie wants to. And nope. if he doesn't, it's all his fault that I said it. So <laughs> that's the great thing about a podcast that you don't edit is that at the end of the day, anything that was said, you're actually not responsible for. Sure. It's the producer's fault. I also weirdly like Sam in a way that I wasn't expecting to. Not, mm. I don't think that he is good. To, I want to be clear. He's sure. a real prick, and I wouldn't want to hang out with him or be friends with him, but I think he's a much more interesting asshole than I have ever seen in a television show where there's an asshole friend. I, uh, I feel like he's... He is an interesting character, and I want to see what he does next. That said, I would not hang out with that guy. Uh, I, I like him in the same way that I like, uh, you know, like villain characters. But even he's he's not even a villain. He's just like a real prick. Can I interrupt you? Yeah. Last week you went on like a tangent about your views on Sam, and I thought you were reading way too much into it, and I thought you were kind of doing. Um, I don't mean this in a, in a, in a mean way, but the thing that Ronnie kind of does, we're <laughs> yeah, like, Ronnie kind of like, Ronnie kind of writes a better show than he's watching. And I felt like that's kind of what you were doing to Sam last week. This week, I agree with you. Like I I'm seeing sort of the layers you're seeing. He is awful. Yeah. Like I cannot stress this enough. He sucks, but it is an interesting kind of sucks. It's kind of like reading Macbeth. You're like, Fuck this dude, but also I want to see how this plays out. Mm-hmm. Not to compare crashing to Shakespeare because this is not Shakespeare, <laughs> but that's that's kind of the vibe with uh with him. He he is fucking garbage, and I really wanted him to get punched in the face. Uh, honestly, I don't like. Well, that's not true. 
I wouldn't hang out with most of the people on this show. However, mm -hmm. I do think they are interesting human case studies. Like, Lulu's kind of insufferable. Like, I don't think she's fun. I wouldn't hang out with her. But I've known a Lulu. You know, I've known somebody who's like that. And I just uh, really admire this show's ability to kind of, like, nail that, like, oh, she's so quirky. She's so weird. She does fart jokes and plays the ukulele and, uh, you know, stuff like that. And I, like, I admire the show's ability to capture that succinctly in very short episodes uh i might hang out with melody and i might hang out with fred but that's pretty much it all, all the rest of the characters are not people that i would hang out with but i think they are presented in an interesting and dynamic way that makes me want to continue watching them i would have eaten the curry cane i would hang out with anthony to eat his curry cane that he marinated for three days but that's it um just like how we talked about with Zack Stone is going to be famous is like an interesting look at like an earlier work of a comedian that we respect. Uh, I will say that I, I, I feel this about uh, Phoebe Walker Bridge. It's, it's it. Waller. Waller Nailed Bridge. <laughs> Got it in one. Phoebe Walker, Texas Rangers. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, Phoebe Walter Bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Sorry. I'm I'm bad with names. I'm not trying to be a dick. Um, yeah, okay. That wasn't a bit. I'm just bad with names. Um, what I've seen of uh, Fleabag, I really liked, and I think Fleabag is a better show than this, but you get, like, it's impossible to not see the seeds of Fleabag, like, here. Yeah, it's kind of like how we saw the, uh, Proto Brian Fuller verse in um, Pushing Daisies. Well, I was going to say oh. in Wonderfalls. Oh and yeah, and then push. It yeah. was fully realized. Well, mostly fully realized in Pushing Daisies. Uh, yeah, and uh, I I I agree with you fully. It's been a very interesting experience watching some creators that we like have a a go at like the first iteration of their ideal projects, or you know more realized projects. Ronnie, you got any other positives before you no, shit all over this show that we I just don't like it. <laughs> it's okay that you don't like it. Fred's, I can see why you wouldn't. I, I agree with everything that you're saying. Well, I disagree with some of what you're saying, Andy, but I disagree oh. or I, I, for like Fred. Fred's great. Melody's great. Um, I think last time I did say something like, for the most part, these characters are pretty likable. Uh, and I don't know what the fuck I was talking about. Everyone in this cast is reprehensible. Um, <laughs> very unlikable. And maybe that's the problem is that I had such skewed uh, perspective on it the first time around that now I'm like seeing it for what it is. And it's like, oh, no, this isn't at all what I thought I was watching. Um, I, I, I very much I, I thought that the dinner scene was the kind of thing that you're talking about, Andy, where like it's too uncomfortable. Mm. Um, I, I I like what you're talking about with like the people walking away and kind of being like, oh, like this is a train wreck. Isn't that funny? Like, I understand that. Um, but like it's the inclusion of Lulu where it's just like so much try hard chaotic energy that I just can't can't get on board with it because like while that character is a real character like that or a real person that there are lulus out there it's just so much of that um and i and i i struggle to really like get my head around something like that um overarching um my biggest issue is that like and this is going to be a little bit like more of like a writing standpoint than anything else. I feel like the show is very weirdly paced, both in terms of like character development and also like, you know, big events, rising action. Um, like like we talk about, we get that big moment right at the end of episode four 
with Kate saying that she's not in love with Antony. Um, and like, that's a big deal. And I, and I don't want the show to like hold my hand and telegraph that at all. But up until this point, that's, that's been, has been her whole character. That has been everything about her is that she is in love with Anthony and she sees Lulu as a huge threat and there's really not been much to her. And I understand that she had her moment with uh, Melody and maybe that like shook some things loose, but it wasn't like there's no build up to that. It didn't feel like it was earned. It felt like it was just kind of like, uh, well, we only have six episodes and here's something that's going to happen. Uh, it's kind of like a slap over the head. Um, and also the whole like character development with uh, Fred's boyfriend. Um, I do like him and I think that he like him taking like issue with Sam and his whole nonsense. And like the way that he did it was like, this is an expert communicator of just like, you're a smart guy. Like, I know you understand this kind of stuff. Like, I know, I know you're not like, uh, ignorant. Like it's just, you know, it's not acceptable. Like that is exactly how to deal with a narcissist like that. Um, but like it's, he's also, I, 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 I don't, it just a lot of the stuff that we're experiencing, it feels unearned. It feels very jarring and it almost feels like it's intentionally done to protect like spoilers or surprise moments. Um, but it just it feels very like hit over the head with things that you didn't know what was happening. Uh, like a lot of this plot revolves around Antony, um, who like. Even the show jokes a little. I hope it's a joke um, and, and like a, a like self-aware when they're with the the creepy aunt who's like really interested in Phoebe and really like, uh, you know, like just being really inappropriate with Phoebe. Uh, Anthony leans over and goes like, oh, when I ask questions about me, I work at a restaurant now, which is literally the only thing that we know about Anthony is that he's grew up with Lulu. He's fiance to Kate and he works at a restaurant like literally the only thing that that actor or that character had to share was literally the facts that we already know. Um, and and if, if that's self-aware, that's pretty funny that they're just like, yep, this is a very blank canvas this things are going to happen around this character even though they're the focus um but the i the um, possibility exists that like nope they still think that this is a very interesting character and i don't there's there's not anything there um i i'm of the opinion that like I still think that like we're missing something seeing it played out on the screen and not as a play as it was initially intended uh, by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Um, I uh, like it or not. I think there's definitely things that just play different in the live theater that I feel like I maybe am missing on. Um, but yeah, it's, it just fell super duper flat. I was, I was uncomfortable the entire time and it felt very much like a show that was like oh yeah you're uncomfortable huh these things are just weird things are things are kooky here and not in like a fun and interesting way for me this did feel like curtain call for intermission yeah like right where we stopped so that right that is an interesting point ronnie that like this was originally envisioned for the stage and there there is a big difference between mediums between you know, screen and stage. If if you say nothing the entire time in the first act of a show about someone like having misgivings about their relationship and then drop that like, oh, they've never, you know, orgasmed with their partner. And then at the end of the act, be like, yeah, I don't think I'm in love with you. That's that is theatrically that makes sense. Like that follows through. I want to push TV back show. on you. What's that? I want to push back on you on that point that that came out of nowhere. I think sure. all of the lying we've had four episodes of them constantly lying to each other and catching mm -hmm. each other in those lies. And like Kate has had discomfort about acting weird. She knows that she's acting weird since Lulu has shown up 
and she's mm-hmm. been really uncomfortable about it. And so like that feeling of her being uncomfortable, we as the audience, and I think Kate read as jealousy over Lulu, but I think what episode four revealed was that it wasn't jealousy, like this like extreme discomfort that is leading her to act out of character is the fact that she knows she's in a relationship that she doesn't find fulfillment in, mm-hmm. which is a really hard thing to admit to yourself. Yeah. Um, especially once you're engaged, like that's, that's a huge thing to like realize and get out of. Mm-hmm. So like, I do, I do think that there was lead up to it. Like maybe it wasn't on the nose enough, but um, I don't know. It worked. It worked for me because the biggest thing that was driving me crazy in the first two episodes was all of the unhealthy lying in these relationships. And to get to the point where the character like Kate realizes like, fuck this, I'm out is like, I think, really interesting. I mean, there definitely is something. I think what what I'm like hanging up on is that like outside of Melody not even Melody because she's got her whole thing, but outside of really Colin and Fred. There's no one who's like willing to be sincere or vulnerable on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and in even in this relationship of of these people who are going to get married and 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 like are according to this show very in love with each other. Um it, I don't think the, the show first, What's that? I don't think the show was ever like positing that they were in love with each other. To be honest with well, you. Well, I, I don't think it, it like pushed hard against that idea. Like it was just like they are a couple, they are going to get married uh, up until like like Andy was saying with the lying and stuff like that, maybe. But regardless, I I I think that maybe I was uncomfortable with like the first bit of vulnerability and and, and sincerity being in that place of just like, oh, I've decided I'm not in love with you. Or I think I'm pretending that I'm in love with you. I I see how that could be a, a you know, I could be wrong about that, about that being like a legitimate like, ooh, the first time we get a moment of, of of honesty is when the entire thing blows up. I see that. For me, it just didn't ring as true because she's just been playing ping pong of of lies and, you know. Uh, and and hating Lulu this whole time, that I don't know. It just it just I I I don't know how to say it other than it didn't really land for me. Sure. It didn't really hit for me. But I to- yeah, I, I, I I'm think, saying I like, think- I, it makes sense that like it would like make uh other folks be uh, invested here. I I think all of your critique is like perfectly reasonable. Uh, and I like the show thus. It's only uh, like 20 some odd minutes per episode. Mm-hmm. So realistically, they're trying to uh, convey a lot of human relationships that are honestly very complex uh, in a very short period of time. I think that they mm-hmm. handled it pretty well with the time they had available, uh, but I think it's perfectly valid to say like that this was not, there wasn't enough time for this to play out. I, I don't think that's... Yeah. Uh, an unreasonable take at all. So I will yeah. be furious if we turn into the next episode and all of the character development Kate had, she like forgets because she was drunk, which is like a real sitcom thing of like having a character admit something when they're drunk and then not remember it when they're sober the next morning. And whoever they told is then like has to wrestle like with what to do with that information. I'm going to be pissed if that, if that happens here. But if yeah. they break up, I'm going to think it was rad. I like it when people break up in shows. Yeah. I know that that sounds mean, but um, I think there are far too many instances in media of people who clearly are not right for each other, uh, like staying together and making it work and like learning to, you know, twist themselves into pretzels to accommodate each other and that's portrayed as good and admirable. And like, that's what love is. But, um, there's not nearly as many situations in media where people break up for the correct reasons. And that's portrayed as good. 
So I kind of hope that's what happens here. I don't particularly like Lulu, and I don't really think that, uh, like, I, I'm not necessarily rooting for Antony and Lulu to be together, but I am rooting for Antony and Kate to break up. I guess I just don't know enough about Antony or Kate to give a shit either way. Mm-hmm. And that's what's like still hanging up for me. Um, but as you said, it's six episodes. There's not a whole lot of time to to establish a bunch. Um, but I don't know. We get so much of Melody. I'm, and I'm glad for it. We, we like no Melody. Melody. Shit. Yeah. Melody's Very great. big fan of Melody. Melody just loves emotion and vulnerability. And, and art. Pain. And art. Putting the pain in painting. Mm-hmm. I also do like that they revealed in these episodes that she's not having sex with Colin. Because that's sort of, mm-hmm. the, well, I mean, that's unambiguously the impression you get in the first two episodes. But um, it becomes clear in episode three and four that Melody is just obsessed with Colin because she thinks the emotional, uh, like, trauma he's going through in his divorce is interesting, and it's, uh, like, a subject for her art. And I think, uh, in certain ways, that's, like, not good of her. She is in some ways using him, but... As she keeps insisting, and as she is right to keep insisting, he is an adult, and he is there by mm-hmm. choice. So he's clearly getting some, like, there, he's clearly coping with his divorce this way, in some kind of a way. Uh, she's clearly using him a little bit, and he's, in a different way, kind of using her a little bit. But they're both adults, so they both seem to be doing just fine. Also, everything she, like, all the shit she called Lulu on was uh, very spot on and uh, her pouring that bottle of shitty wine on Lulu was great. Yeah, I I, I was gonna say, like, that was again, another excellent moment for Melody of just, like, the comeuppance of, like, really laying into, I think she lays into Kate, she lays into Lulu, she lays into Sam, I'm pretty sure. Um, for me, it was like, even like, I wanted more, I wanted more of that, like entire, really uncomfortable dinner to just like go down in flames. Cause Melanie's like, I'm gonna tear your shit up. I'm gonna tear your shit up. I'm gonna tear your, like, I wanted that to go even further, even deeper. Yeah. Um, Mel- Melody was correct. She went on that yeah. whole, like, fuck you. And also fuck you. And also fuck you. Right. And she was right. Like everything mm-hmm. she was saying was, I a hundred percent agreed with. Yeah. That was that was a, a a shining moment for me. It's just melody. I just want to see more melody all the time. Um, anything else we wanna we wanna uh, share about this sh- these two episodes? I don't think so. Kim liked this show, which shocked me. Uh, Kim watched these two episodes with us because we watched them over dinner, and mm-hmm. Kim dislikes most things. But Kim liked this show, and I was just a little bit like flabbergasted by that. So does, uh, does Kim just really like excessive use of the word jizz? Is that is that a <laughs> thing for Kim? I mean, maybe I don't know. Maybe that's Kim's weird sex Could thing. <laughs> Kim also judged me for thinking the weird vodka shot makeout thing was. Hot Kim. Kim thought I was a weirdo for that. I understand Kim where you're coming judge you from. For that. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you're weird for thinking that was attractive. I don't think you're weird. I thought it was kind of sexy. In the moment, for sure. Um. Yeah, that's that's. I'm gonna have to go back. I think I missed that moment to be honest with you. So I'm gonna. Have to oh, go you should and, go back and watch it, Rodney. It'll go back and you. really, really scrub through that yeah. a couple of times. Um, good shit. We'll be back next time to wrap up this pony. Uh watching episodes five and six. And 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 uh maybe maybe it turns a corner. I just go uh, clearly, I just go with with the wind. Whatever, whatever when everyone else says last time, I'm like, yeah, actually they're right. This show's terrible. <laughs> and then y'all just pull the carpet out from under me every time. I think I'm being punked. 
I, I said I liked it the first time, too. It was only Andy who didn't like the first two episodes. I, I have been told by uh, listeners that the most interesting episodes of Andy Pendy are when we, like, flip positions and stuff. So sure. I just got to do it for the clicks, baby. Yeah. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> if you like when we flip flop on positions, subscribe to the Patreon. We have a, We have a group chat going. Before every episode, and then he's like, "What do you, what do y'all think of this show?" Because I'm gonna do say the opposite for the for the controversy, for the fans, for the content, content controversy. Gotta give the fans what they want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If uh, we get five new patrons, Evan <laughs> and I, if we get five new patrons at any dollar amount, Evan and I are gonna film a clip of us doing that weird vodka makeout thing, and we're gonna upload it to the Patreon. I don't think anybody wants that. I think people I think, are going to unsubscribe. Uh, we're sexy. We're a sexy couple. People want to see that. You, I will say, Andy, usually when you pitch ideas that Evan is involved in, Evan is quick, quick to say, we will not be doing that. I didn't hear it this time. Yeah. I didn't we'll make I didn't Kim hear film it. it. We'll make Kim film it. <laughs> Look, oh, I mean, no. this is don't don't bring don't make Kim don't bring Kim into your in your weird vodka bedroom stuff. Look, if people want this, I, this is no skin off my back. I Five new care. patrons, any level. Evans I down. I don't think people want this. Though, I'm gonna I'm thing. gonna drink some vodka and spit it into Evans' mouth. And oh, then I thought I'd be shook. spitting into your mouth. I don't want I, like okay I like okay better... you can you can spit in my mouth. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> you gotta you gotta chase it with your tongue though. Uh, Sam immediately shoves his tongue into Lulu's mouth. We're getting we're getting uh, too descriptive with this, Andy. Uh, this Whoops. is not uh, Andy describes weird sex stuff. Time. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at Pending Pod. You can send all of those Patreon dollars to get some good, good, explicit content from Andy <laughs> and Evan uh, to Patreon.com/slash WTM Radio. You can also get there from uh, wherethemay.com. Uh, we're all part of the Where They May Radio Network. Force Friends Rewatch, ending pending. Fan fiction is good, actually. And the soon-to-be-happening uh, music and lyrics by. Uh, lots of content there. Lots of good stuff coming your way. Uh, WTM Radio. It's patreon.com slash WTM Radio. Uh, Andy, how do we end these podcasts? Um... I don't know. Fuck. Um, <laughs> don't tell Pawn Shop Lou. Don't tell Classic. Pawn Shop Lou. This might be my favorite sign off. Don't sh- don't tell Pawn Shop Lou. Pawn Shop Lou is very into vodka spitting uh, sex stuff. Don't so. tell Pawn Shop Lou about our Patreon. Don't. I mean, imagine how much pa- Pawn Shop Lou might get five separate Patreon accounts. They don't call it a sub for nothing. If he's willing to sub, then... <laughs> Bring him on. His money's green, baby. It is. His money's green. I'll take it. Goodness. Where they may radio.